Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Wednesday, May 31st. Do you know what day it is? It's today in sports betting. Hello and welcome. It's your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. Follow me there and you can find out more information about Sports Ethos at sportsethos.com. Great website. Lots of interesting uh, information, whether you're into wagering, whether you're into fantasy, whether you're into DFS. All sports are covered. Ramping up all of our divisions. We're going to have a ton of football coming out this, uh, this summer and fall. Uh, we ramped it up last fall. It's going to be even better. A uh, ton of baseball. Uh, basketball's wrapping up, but a lot of the, a lot of covers of basketball as well. And hockey podcast and lots of information out there. So if you're a sports fan at all, check out sportsethos.com. Uh, and a lot of free information there and our very reasonably priced packages. Also, tomorrow, if, uh, if you're interested in the NBA Finals, which I think a lot of you are, you need to go to YouTube at 7.30 p.m. Go to the Sports Ethos YouTube channel. And get my buddies Michael Fiddle and Keith Court going live on a live show to uh, break down the finals. Going to be talking about some props. Uh, Keith is great at DFS, so he's going to be talking. They're both going to be talking about some props, some angles. And uh, if you haven't followed them already, uh, check them out. Mike is at Michael Fiddle fourteen, so M F I D D L E one four on Twitter, and Keith is at Ethos Keith, so E T H O S Keith. I uh, highly recommend you follow those guys, but check out their YouTube show tomorrow. I'm definitely going to be following it um, in the live show. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Two good guys really know their stuff when it comes to basketball, uh, wagering, and DFS. So we'll have a lot of information and angles for sure. Uh, before we get going, I want to just give a couple, uh, walk down a little mem- a bit of memory lane uh, with some today in sports history. 1985, the New Orleans Saints sold for $70.2 million. Put that in today's value. Well, not put that in today's value, but I looked up what they're worth today. They're worth $3.58 billion. So, uh, and that's the New Orleans Saints, not exactly the prized possession of the NFL properties. So they sold in 85 for $70.2 million. They're currently worth $3.58 billion. 1987. Edmonton wins their third state straight Stanley Cup with a 3-2 win over Philly. Two straight years they beat Philly, this time in Game 7, though. In 2002, the New Jersey Nets beat uh, the Boston Celtics 96-88 to win the Eastern Conference Final 4-2 and make it to their first NBA championship. Uh, still looking for a ring, but uh, 21 years ago that happened. They were at their peak. They crashed. We thought they were coming back this year, um, but it didn't happen with KD and Kyrie and all the shenanigans that went on. So, interesting walk down memory lane, hopefully. Uh, no NBA tonight, obviously. The final start up Thursday. No NHL tonight. The final start up Saturday. So, we'll just get back to the diamond like we did yesterday. And 14 games today. We start in Detroit. There's no lines in this game, which I can't find. We see uh, Dane Dunning is on the hill for Texas. 
and Joey Wentz, the lefty on the hill for the Tigers, 110 at Comerica, 110 p.m. at Comerica Park. Um, I think I'm going to say the Rangers are probably going to come in about a minus 140, minus 150 on the money line. And I can't take him at that price. I would definitely look towards the run line. I played him on the money line today with uh, DraftKings Profit Boost and, and took a nice little win there. Um, the run line, I've got to assume, is going to be one plus 110, maybe plus 105. Uh, pitch, bit of a pitching mismatch. Uh, Dane Dunning is has pitched 43 innings, 1.67 ERA, 0.98 whip, 10 walks, 12 strikeouts. He's been pitching great. He's kind of I don't want to say he's a journeyman, but uh, he hasn't certainly been a star filling in. I think they thought he's going to be filling in for DeGrom while DeGrom was hurt, and he's still hurt for a while. So he'll probably be in the rotation, but if he keeps this up, it's going to be kind of hard to get move him out. On the flip side, lefty uh, Joey Wentz is on the bump for Detroit. 42 and two-thirds innings, 7.8 ERA, 1.66 whip, 16 walks to 35 strikeouts. And I don't obviously don't want to be backing uh, Wentz, and I think this is – I could be even wrong. It could even be a, a steeper uh, money line for Texas. And the Rangers hit lefties quite well. They are the fifth overall in batting average at 289 on base percentage. They are third overall at 367. And slugging percentage against lefties, fifth overall at 457. So I think Wentz is in for a long game tomorrow. Um, I could see Texas winning this. And if he can get the run line at plus money, probably any plus money, even – even. Um, now, I don't know if I'd take it at an even plus 100, but plus 105, 110, I'd certainly be on the Texas run line. No line out for it as I record right now. The next game is in Chicago where the White Sox host the Angels. So you can get uh, the home Sox at about minus 140 on the money line. The road Angels plus 120. For Chicago, you get righty Lance Lynn on the hill and Jaime Berea, the righty for the Angels on the hill. Lynn comes in 63 and a third innings, 5.83 ERA, 1.45 whip, 24 walks, 72 strikeouts. Everybody's still waiting for him to turn around. I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. Uh, he's pitched a little better lately, um, but he did this last year and threw about 10 starts, which he's at, I think he's at 11 starts this year. He seemed to turn it around. So there is hope, but it seems to be fading. Uh, Berea, on the other hand, 29 innings, 1.55 ERA, 0.93 whip. He's looked good, <clears throat> but pretty. Excuse me, pretty small sample size. So I'm not going to put a lot of stock in that one. Take a quick break, grab myself a little water, get rid of this cough, and you can get back to the rest of the games. All right, we are on to, well, in Chicago, this time with the Cubs, though. Uh, the Cubbies are hosting Tampa Bay. And for the, Cubby, for the Cubbies, they have their young lefty, Justin Steele, has been doing quite well on the hill, and Zach Eflin for the MLB leading Tampa Rays. You can get the on, let's see, on FanDuel, I've got Tampa about minus 138, and I've got Chicago at plus 118. So obviously heavily favored there. Total here is nine, although juice to the under, I see that minus 122. Uh, on DraftKings right now, they only have the money line, minus 135 for the Rays, plus 115 for the Cubs. And I think that's probably waiting to see which way the wind blows is blowing. With these two guys on the hill and a total of nine already, I think the number is going to come out even higher. So at, um, money's coming in. Let me pull this up. Well, judging by the FanDuel numbers, under nine is juiced to minus 122. So that means money's coming in on the under. 
And if anything, that's probably going to go down short term, but we'll see where the wind is blowing um, in the game. Closer to game time, see if this where this number moves. For Steele this year, he's done quite well. 65 innings, 2.77 here, a 1.11 whip. Uh, just 16 walks and 57 strikeouts. Eflin, on the other hand, has been surprising. Their big free agent signing, which at the start of the year, I think a lot of people, myself included, scratch your heads up uh, over. But he's done quite well. 54 innings, 3.17 ERA, 7 walks, 52 strikeouts, 1.02 whip. I like Tampa here. I don't like him at minus 138. Uh, the, the Rays do hit, uh, I think they hit lefties. Well, um, yes, there we go. I thought there. Exactly what I thought. Uh, they hit lefties quite well. So right now, batting average, they hit are hitting 311 against lefties, second in the majors. On base percentage, tied for Atlanta for the best in the majors, 372. And slugging percentage, they are the best at 583. So I like them. Don't know that I want to make, lay minus 138. Uh, I would look towards the run line at plus 108. If I could get that plus, see, see what it pops up in the morning. If I can get that plus 110, plus 115, uh, I'd definitely be on Eflin. And the Rays, a back the Rays, better uh, better offense, as well as Steele's been pitching. I think Eflin is the better pitcher and definitely the better bullpen in Tampa Bay. Next game is in Oakland, 338 in the east, and the Atlanta Braves are in town. And on the bump for Oakland is James Caprillion, uh, the righty, and young lefty Jared Schuster on the hill for Atlanta. Right now, I see the Braves as a prohibitive favorite, as you would expect at minus 215. You can get the A's at home at plus 185. Uh, you can also get the run line for the Braves at minus 125. I can't touch that. Um, they're in a barn burner right now, actually. A very close game that uh, was tied 1-1 and then going into the eighth. So that's just that's baseball for you. Those lines were similar to what it was tonight. And can't back anybody at minus 215. And I don't want a run line at plus – or pardon me, at one. Minus 125 either. Total here is nine juice to the over. So money obviously coming in uh, on the over. Oakland's terrible, and Atlanta is a very good hitting team. I currently see about 73% of the bets on the over and 92% of the money. It opened at nine, it stayed at nine. The money's coming in on the over. Uh, so if you can get that anywhere near minus 110, it's probably a pretty good price. Um, Schuster has been. Decent. Pitch well his last game, but not all that. Not not great numbers. He's only made a few starts. 25 and a third innings, 5.33 ERA, 1.34 whip, um, just 20 strikeouts. So, young guy finding his way, going against a weak team, could still give up some runs. Caprilli on the other side, 33 innings, 8.45 ERA. EX. Uh, 1.88 whip. EX again. 21 walks, and actually 34 strikeouts, so it's impressive. So a Caprillion strikeout prop may make sense because Atlanta strikes out a lot. Uh, I'm just trying to pull up his numbers. Caprillion over 4.5, but it's used to minus 135, so I'm not going to touch that because I think he could get there, but he could also get rocked, and he could be out by the third inning. So stay away from me. Just none of these numbers – I mean, the numbers make sense. None, none of these numbers make sense to bet on, I don't think. Next game is in San Francisco, 346 in the East. Uh, the San Francisco Giants host the Pittsburgh Pirates. And on the bump for the Giants is their lefty Alex Wood. And on the hill for Pitt is their righty Mitch Keller. On the lines, sorry, on the lines here, uh, you get the Giants the home favorite, minus 125. You can get the 
the Pirates on the road at plus 105. Total here is 7.5 on DraftKings, juiced to the under at minus 115. Uh, I see it minus 110 on both sides, but at 8 already for uh, on FanDuel. When I look at the number, it's about 84% of the on the over 84% of the bets coming in, 94% of the money. So that money, that number is obviously moving up. If you can get that at seven and a half, um, I think that's a pretty good number. Like I said, it's at minus 115 on DK right now. So definitely moving up. If you can get it at eight, probably a play. If you can get it at seven and a half, definitely a play uh, to me. Keller comes in 68 and two thirds innings, and everybody was waiting for this bubble to burst. And I think people just think he's finally figured things out and reinvented himself. Six and one record. Uh, 3.01 ERA, 1.02 whip, just 16 walks and 85 strikeouts. So he's been doing quite well. Uh, Alex Wood, on the other hand, uh, on the other side, 25 and two-thirds, 3.51 ERA, 1.44 um, whip. Got a strikeout in an inning, uh, having an average year. Giants been better lately, hitting better, uh, but perhaps a Keller uh, strikeout prop. Just trying to pull what that is up right now as these are just starting to get posted. Uh, over six and a half, minus 120 is what I see on DK. I don't really like that number. I think you can get there. San Francisco is not a huge strikeout team. I'm trying to pull up where they stand as far as uh, strikeouts per nine. And where are you, San Francisco? Uh, a little better than average, but 8.93. So basically, just under a strikeout per just under a strikeout per inning. Uh, the question: So Keller's got to get to uh, five, six innings. I think he could do it. But Giants have been hitting better lately, and it's not really much of a price there, I don't think, to put on um, to put on that prop. Just too steep a price. Next game, which I think is an interesting pitching matchup. Would have been a great pitching matchup three or four years ago. Uh, but we are in L.A. at 4-11 in the East. The Dodgers host the Washington Nationals. And you can get – let me just pull my screen back up here for this game. You can get the home Dodgers at minus 240, and it's going to be a pitching matchup. I'll explain in a second. Or the road Nats at plus 200. Uh, total here, 9.5, and, and juice to the over at minus 115. So, obviously, runs are expected to be scored. And this is two veterans on the hill. For the Dodgers, you get Noah Syndergaard, 41 in the third innings, 6.27 ERA, 1.35 whip. Now, his numbers are bad, and it's Odd to say that Patrick Corbin, who's starting for Washington, actually has better numbers. Uh, 62 and two-thirds, 4.88 ERA, 1.42 whip, just 40 strikeouts. So he's not the strikeout machine that he used to be. Now, Corbin, who I was fading a lot in a lot of first fives to start the year, has actually pitched better lately. So his last well, not, last game against KC, he got rocked. Six in the third innings, gave up six earned runs. Prior to that against Detroit, six innings. Uh, six hits, two earned runs, no walks, three strikeouts. Prior to that against the Mets, six innings, just two earned runs. Before that against San Francisco, six innings, just two earned runs. Before that against the Cubbies, seven innings, just two earned runs. So he's not getting his hit as hard. Now, the Cubbies, the Giants were cold back then. The Mets have been kind of hot and cold. And Detroit, same thing. Um, and Casey got back he got back to his old ways and got absolutely clobbered by Casey. Now the Dodgers do not hit lefties well. They've been getting uh they've been definitely improving in this area. They do have a good slugging percentage at 469, but their average is only 224 against lefties, which uh puts them still very close to the bottom. Yep, 27th. And their on-base percentage is 315 against lefties, which also puts them close to the bottom at 21st. But their slugging percentage 
So when they do hit, they put the ball in play. They've got a lot of power, as we all know. And Corbin can definitely be hit and got to. So runs could be a plenty. I'm not sure I like this. Much like the previous game we spoke about, those numbers are, or sorry, uh, the Braves and the uh, Oakland game we spoke about. Numbers just too high. I'm not laying minus 240 in the Dodgers. Uh, if anything, take a chance that uh, Washington can actually get the Syndergaard and lay the plus 200 on the Nats, but not really play anywhere there for me. Next game is in Miami, 641 in the East, where the Marlins host the San Diego Padres. And we've got the Padres as the favorites, minus 120 in the money line. You can get um, Miami at plus 100. Total here, eight and a half, um, juiced evenly on both sides. So don't really think there's any play there to be found. Um, for, sorry, trying to pull up my screen again here. What is going on tonight? There we go. Sorry, I have some technical problems. This is no fun. For Miami, you get uh, Braxton Garrett on the hill. And for Padre, the Padres, you have um, Blake Snell. So a juggernaut, a pitching matchup, not. Uh, Braxton Garrett, the lefty on the bump for Miami. 48 innings, 4.5 ERA, 1.4 whip. Uh, 11 walks, two right, all right there, and 47 strikeouts. He's actually been pitching well lately. Blake Snell, on the other hand, continues to be an enigma. 50 innings, 5.04 ERA, 1.56 with 31 walks, just walking way too many guys. I think there's probably some value on, on Garrett and Miami here at plus 100. But the Fish, uh, their offense is just so weak. Uh, they do hit lefties a little better. Um and Snell's been giving up, obviously, contact to everybody. So Miami's uh, slugging. Yeah, their slugging percentage. They got the third best slugging percentage, oddly enough, against lefties at 463. Their average against lefties, third best at 302. And their on-base percentage is uh, sixth best. Sixth best. Sorry about that. Uh, at 349. So they hit lefties well. Um, Garrett's been pitching all right lately. And I think there's actually probably some value at Miami, but it's only plus 100. If you get it more than plus 100 uh, on DK, at least it's plus 100. As I go to FanDuel, you're at plus 112. So there's some value there. Uh, might be worth looking at because I think they can get the Snell. The question is how much can they get the Snell? The Brewers can get the Garrett, although he has been pitching well. The next game on the docket is in Toronto, 708 in the East, and we get the Brewers playing against the, the Jays. The home Jays are minus 200. On the money line on DK, you can get to minus 180. And the give back for the Bra- for the Brewers, plus 168 and FanDuel, plus 155 on DraftKings. Now, this is going to be an interesting game, too. Alex Manoa is on the hill for the Jays. 53 and a th- two-thirds innings, 5.53 ERA, 1.79 whip. He has 38 walks. He has just been horrible. For But the problem is, uh, for Milwaukee, you have Julio Tehran. And he's only pitched one game at five innings, 1.80 or a 1.00 whip. Hard to hard to really know what you're going to get with him. Always been kind of a league average pitcher and can't really get a good feel for him. And going against Jay's offense, that's just uh, has the ability to get to anybody. But to speak back to Manoa, last outing against Tampa, tough team for sure. Three innings, three hits, five walks, four run, five runs, four runs, six strikeouts. Against Baltimore, game before that, five and two-thirds, two earned runs. Against the Yankees, four innings, five earned runs. Against Philly, four and two-thirds, three earned runs. 
uh, four walks in that game, seven in the game before against the Yanks. He's really been struggling. People in Toronto are not really sure what's going on. Not really sure if he's going to be in the rotation that much that much longer. So uh, I can see some runs being scored here. The total is 10, juiced to the under at minus 120. So obviously money's coming in on the under. And I think it's probably um, Tehran, the question behind him, or a question around him as to what's he what he's going to deliver. And 10's a pretty big number. Manoa's been struggling. The Brewers' offense are much better against righties, but they're not that pro- prolific. So probably why the number is um, – at 10, but I don't see it going much over that. Well, it's juiced to the under minus 120, so they want you to take the over. Next game in Boston, we have the Red Sox hosting the Cincinnati Reds. You can get the Red Sox about minus 175 in a money line, and the Road Reds plus 145. Total here is 10 and a half. Typically high-scoring games in Boston, but you don't usually see it get to 10.5. 9.5, 10 maybe, but just to the under at minus 112. And this is because of the pitching matchup. On the bump for Boston is James Paxton. Coming back, barely pitched in the last two and a half years. Had one good start uh, and then one bad start. So he's only thrown 14 innings, 5.14 ERA, 1.36 whip. On the flip side is Luke Weaver, five, uh, 38 innings, 5.45 ERA, and 1.37 whip. Now, he hasn't pitched that well, obviously. Uh, but his last outing, he had a pretty good game. And the question is, it's in Boston. Going to be probably struggling. Yeah, last game against St. Louis. Good offense. They've been hitting well. Six and third innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, and six strikeouts. Uh, against the Yankees, game before that, four and a third innings, four and runs. Against Miami, at Miami, prior to that, five and a third, seven innings, one and a run. So kind of hot and cold. Don't really trust him against Boston. The question, I mean, I like Paxton, but he got rocked last game against uh los angeles angels so i think over uh, if anything i would lean to the under uh 10 and a half it's used to as i said minus 112 on FanDuel, and you can get it you can get it minus 105 uh, I, I would look at the FanDuel number it's at it's a it's a 10 on dk at minus 105 i think i would pay the few cents extra that extra seven cents and go to the 10 and a half and look to the under there Next game is in New York, 7-11 in the East. And the New York Mets face the Philadelphia Phillies. This is a game I'm pretty sure I will be on. You can get the home Mets as the underdog at plus 110. The road Phillies minus 130 on the money line. Total here is 8.5, juice to the over at minus 115. And the reason the Phillies are favored is because Carlos Carrasco is on the hill. Um... 25 and a third inning, 6.75 ERA, 1.42 whip, just 15 strikeouts and 12 walks. Really been struggling in his games this year. Aaron Nolan, on the other hand, has been hot and cold. 68 and two-thirds innings, uh, 4.59 ERA, 1.12 whip. And I think, Noel, obviously, Noel is a better pitcher. Uh, bullpens, I would probably lean towards uh, Philadelphia. And right now, I'd lean towards their lineup. Don't know that I want to play, uh, lay minus 130. So, in fact, I grabbed the run line here, plus 135. A little more risky. Uh, when you see a run line in baseball that's that high, um, obviously a fair bit more risk. But I think, you know, if, this, if, if the money line were minus 120, I would have been on it. But at minus 130, uh, it's a bit of a fade for me. So, I think there's more value grabbing a 135 run line. I got that on DK uh, a little bit earlier tonight. The so gonna be on the Phillies on the run line. FanDuel's a plus one twenty six. Um, 
I think it was Bet Rivers I saw it was about plus 120, so I'm quite happy it's plus 130, 135 on DK. Next game in Houston, the Astros are hosting the Twins, and Houston comes in as a minus 180 favorite. You can grab the Twins at plus 155. I'm surprised the number is this big, but it is. Uh, total here is eight, just to the over at minus 120. You can also get the Astros at on the run line at plus 110. Four. Houston, Hunter Brown starts their young righty, who's actually looking quite good. Struggle, not, not struggle. Up and down this first couple games, it seems to settle things down. 57 to two-thirds innings, 3.12 ERA, 1.2 whip, 66 strikeouts, so having a good year on the bump. Uh, Louis Varland, a good prospect for Minnesota. They seem to have quite strong pitching this year. Like I said a couple shows ago, they just can't hit consistently. 34 innings, 4.24 ERA, 1.24 whip, just seven walks and exactly 34 strikeouts, so a strikeout an inning. And I'm surprised that Houston is favorite as high as they are. There's no way I can take minus 180. I'm not taking minus 180 with very many teams, if ever. Um, so if anything, maybe to, I would look towards the run line, but it's only uh, plus 110. So a little betting theory. I've talked about this recently in the last week or so. Uh, I don't like to take home teams on a run line with a low total. So eight is the total in this game. Not super low. Um, but low enough. If it's seven, seven and a half, just definitely stay away from me. And Brown's been pitching well, but Farland's a good prospect and he's been doing all right. So the ra- the rationale is if Houston's going to win, they'll probably win in regulation. So in nine innings, so they will only get eight at bats. So it's a low total expected, not a lot of runs be scored. So it's harder to win by two runs to, to, to cash the minus one and a half on the run line. Uh, they'll only get eight at bats to do it. If the game goes to extra innings, then Houston has to basically basically hit a two two run home run, a three run home run, or a grand slam to win it. Uh, and with the ghost runners, a lot of games are obviously decided by one run in extra innings, and especially if you're the home team. So they go to the tenth. Minnesota doesn't score. Houston starts a runner at second. They just got to knock them home. One run victory, you lose out. So don't want to back a team with a low total. Eight's a fairly low total, not super low, but fairly low, and. They are the home team, so I'm going to fade them. Or fade that play. Uh, if this were the, if they were on the road, I think I'd be backing Houston on the run line here, but not at home. The second last game of the night is in Seattle, 9:41 in the East, and the M's host the New York Yankees. And you can get the home Mariners as favorites at minus 135. The road Yanks at plus 115 on the money line. Total here is seven and a half. And juice to the over, so money's coming in on the over seven and a half. Uh, juiced up to minus 115 on FanDuel at least, and on interesting on sorry on DK it is at minus 115, and on FanDuel it's at minus 108. So money must be coming in the under at FanDuel. Regardless, uh, if anything, I would look towards the over. I think runs can be scored here. So the Yankees came in tonight. Uh, Logan Gilbert on the hill for Seattle. Nestor Cortez on the mound for the Yankees. And Yankees were plus 130. And I didn't pull the trigger, but I was looking at that all day. And I thought, you know what? How are the Yankees? I know Gilbert's a good pitcher, but um, Seattle is bad, um, fairly weak against uh, lefties, Cortez being a lefty. And it's the Yankees. And I think the game closed at about plus 130 for the Yankees. And sure enough, we're sitting here at top of the eighth inning. The Yankees are winning 8-2. So I'm... Going along that same methodology, methodology or same way of thinking tonight. And yeah, 
Kirby's not a lefty. Uh, he's a righty. I think Logan Gilbert's a better pitcher, but he's a righty. Um, so they don't have that advantage. But Clark Schmidt's actually pitched better lately, and it's the Yankees. I mean, their hitting is um, as good as men- – well, not as good as any team, but a very good hitting team, obviously. And Seattle's been struggling. Um to get consistent bats from, from, from the order. Julio Rodriguez has finally stepped up, but they're not exactly uh, a juggernaut, which surprises me because I thought coming into the year they're actually going to do fairly well, um, but they're not. So I will back the Yankees here just to throw you out the pitching numbers. Uh, Kirby, 63 innings, 3.43 ERA, 1.10 whip, and that is because he has six walks in 63 innings. That's a fantastic number for a young pitcher. I think this guy's got a good career ahead of him because he – uh, he limits his walk, so he limits the damage. And 51 strikeouts. And outside, Clark Schmidt started out very poorly, uh, has pitched a little better lately. Just 50 innings, 5.5 ADRA, 1.6 whip, um, 58 strikeouts in 50 innings. So numbers greatly lean towards Kirby, um, but the bats greatly lean me towards the Yankees. And you're getting on FanDuel plus 126 right now. On DraftKings, you're getting... Uh, plus 115. So I would take the FanDuel number. Um, it was at plus 130 earlier when I grabbed it. Plus 126. It's come down a little. Uh, when I, 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 I lean towards the Yanks. Better offense. Uh, their bullpen, I'd say maybe it's a wash. Uh, and their starting pitchers lean towards Kirby for sure, but the Yankees can get to anybody. To go back to Schmidt, uh, in his last few games, Five innings against Baltimore last week. Five hits, one and run, no walks, two strikeouts. So a good solid start. Against Cincinnati, at Cincinnati, tough, not a great team, but tough place to pitch. Five innings, five hits, two and runs, uh, two walks, six strikeouts. Uh, prior to that, he got shelled by uh, Tampa. Held Oakland in check, six innings, just two and runs. Held Cleveland in check, four and a third innings, six hits, but only but zero and runs and two walks. So pitching better lately. Uh, offense is much better for the Yankees, and you're getting a plus money line. So right now you're getting, I got a plus 130. It's plus 126 in FanDuel. If you can get plus 125 or more, I would be on the Yankees. Last game of the night, 941 in the East. The D-backs host the Colorado Rockies. And this is an interesting matchup in pitchers, uh, and not because of their strengths here. You can get the home D-backs at one, minus 172 on FanDuel. And you can get the road Rockies at plus 144. Total here is 10, juiced evenly on both sides. Um, I don't really have a lean in this play. Denelson Lamette starts the righty starts for Colorado, and he's purely an opener. He's every game. I think this is the first, this is the first game he's starting this year. Throwing just 10 and two thirds innings, so his numbers kind of 12.6 ERA, uh, 2.44 WHIP has not done well. Uh, if you want to look at a no runs or yes run first inning, this might be a pretty good play. Uh, Tommy Henry, on the other hand, the lefty for Arizona, 34 innings, 4.5 ERA, 1.38 whip. Um, neither pitcher is pitching well, hence the total of 10. I can't get a feel for I'm not laying ones in the, in the 170 range with Arizona. I'm not laying with many teams, as you've heard me say often. Definitely not with Arizona. Uh, and Colorado is bad on the road. I get that. But not this bad that I'm going to lay. Um, minus 172 with Arizona. And I don't know that I want to take them a plus 144 in the money line. So um, interesting angle, interesting game and a pitching matchup there between bad pitchers, but Colorado's just going to be an opener and then they're going to get to their bullpen, which is not very good. So runs could be scored. 
uh, but I can't back the Rockies offense to contribute, so I'm not going to touch the total there. So, uh, 14 games, ran through them all. I'll try to do a quick recap and some angles, some thoughts, some plays. Hopefully you enjoyed it. As a reminder, tonight, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., go to our Sports Ethos YouTube channel and check out Michael Fiddle and Keith Cork doing a breakdown of the NBA Championship Series starting on Thursday between Miami and Denver. Should be an interesting series. I, for one, think it's going to be closer. Than most. I think Denver wins, but I think it's going to be a close series. I'm calling it to go six games. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if – I think the total is still at about eight and a half. Let me pull this up for you. Uh, still at eight and a half, maybe nine. Yep, well, we've got the nine. Um, plus nine for the Heat. And I think I'm going to lean that way. 219 and a half. I think the total opened about 218. So it's been moving up since. Not going to probably touch that, but um, on FanDuel's minus 114. It's plus 90. Buyback on the, on the Nuggets. Minus nine is minus 106. So probably lean towards the Heat. But we'll get to that in tomorrow's show. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, hopefully you can make some money. Hopefully we can all make some money. Hopefully I can make some money. And hopefully we can have a good day in Fort Bend.